Hello, this is Andrea Carli with another episode of Lessons from the Avengers. Last time, I, in the last podcast of this, this series, I talked about the, the concept of congruency, meaning that in order to be happy in our job, it's important to be in an environment that it is congruent with our personality, doing things that are congruent with our interests and our abilities. The more we do that, the more what we do matches what we like to do, and the more the environment matches the person that we are, the more likely to have fun or to be engaged in our, in our job. This kind of discussion is important right now uh, because COVID-19 has forced many people out of the job market. And this is actually as devastating as it is And believe me, I know what it is to, look, to lose a job. It happened to me several times. But it's also a time when one can rediscover himself or reinvent himself and even go after some of the passion that the person may have. Usually, according to studies, many studies, when there's a problem, when there's a kind of a crisis in the workplace, uh, this is the time when people can, can reinvent themselves. So... That's why I decided to do this uh, series of podcasts, hopefully to, to help you a little bit if you find yourself in that circumstances. So now, um, after the, talking about the six sec, uh, personalities, which I did in the last podcast, I just want to describe an encounter that I had with a professional person here in uh, my area. Uh, this is information that I, uh, I put together as part of a, a of work that I did in graduates, even during my graduate uh, study. And what I did, I interviewed, as part of my project, I interviewed six people that represented, each one of them, the vocational type. So I, I kind of wanted to, to see what kind of people they are. So the first one is uh, the realistic, according to the Ryasek model, the R, the first, uh, first word is realistic. And to remind you, the realistic is... Uh, a person that is good with tools, is good maneuvering tools, is good with technology, good at having uh, piloting things, and is very, also very practical. So I went in the community and I was looking for somebody like that. And uh, as you may recall from the previous podcast, I, I made a comparison between the realistic and Iron Man from the Avengers. Because Iron Man, too, is very practical, is good with tools. Tony Stark, if you remember, he, create, he welded his own, uh, har his own armor at first. So he's very good at inventing stuff and putting stuff together, which is one of the characteristics of the realistic people. So, as I said, I went in the community and I tried to look for people that had those characteristics. The first one is a guy that he works in TV. He's a cameraman in one of the local uh, radio, uh, TV stations here in Sacramento. I don't want to reveal his name, so I will just use the name of the Avenger. So here it is, it's Iron Man or Tony Stark. So this individual, I remember when I met him, I met him actually in the studio. I went in the TV studio where he works and I saw this large uh, room And, and on one side, there were two robotic cameras that were actually 
they could be maneuver all the way around the, the the room with two joysticks that the guy was uh, very skillfully maneuvering. Now that kind of remind me a little bit of of uh, Iron Man because yeah, Iron Man has a, a an armor, a mechanical armor, and so this guy too has these two or three cameras that are all. Uh, like robots, basically. And he was piloting them. He was maneuvering them very skillfully. So that, that to me, that was a good, uh, already a good indication that this man could be a realistic. Then I talked to him and he told me his story. He told me that since he was a little, he was always fascinated with uh, the camera work, particularly the people behind the camera. And he recalls going to... Uh, to Um, events, even uh, theatrical or concerts. And he was not really very much interested in the people that were performing, but he was really, since at, at an early age, interested in the people behind the, sh the scenes, the people that were working the, the camera and, and making it happen from behind the scenes. So, so that was a, since the beginning. And I think I've noticed that many times the people that are most happy in their job are people that connect their jobs with very early interests that they had when they were kids sometime. Uh, because already when, when somebody is a kid around 10, 12, you already kind of know what he, what he likes to do. And, and many times people that are happy in their job find a way to use that in, in, their, in their profession. So it's kind of the case for this Tony Stark guy. As I said, since he was young, he, he enjoyed that kind of stuff. Then another thing is, that's kind of interesting, because he, I, I said he's the Iron Man, but as he to, tell, was telling me his story, he said that his father was a, uh, an immigrant from Yugoslavia, and he was a steel worker. And one thing that his father was always telling him and his brother, when they, whenever they reached a the year of uh, 18 of their life, he would say to them, no, okay, now is your choice. You work in the steel fac factory or you go to college. They, they, that father gave them the, that choice. And Stark, well, of course, he's the Iron Man, decided to go and work into the, in the steel factory. So he, for three years, he worked in uh, just melting metal and doing things. And this is what he says, that was cool. I was in danger. That shit could blow me up and kill me. Cool. I like this. That was my temperament. So I already had that courage a little bit. So it was actually turned on by that, that kind, of, kind of stuff. And later on, it was saying that even in the job that he has now as a cameraman, that is still the case because there's a kind of an adrenaline rush when you had to You, you get only one chance to, to make a, a TV uh, show. And so it has to be perfect right away. And so there is a little bit of uh, stress, which is positive for him, as he was saying, adrenaline rush. One thing that also happened during his life, his life, he talked about Vietnam. He did actually go to Vietnam and he had plenty of those adrenaline rush. But he, uh, I don't want to say that he enjoyed the experience, but he was... It was, it's something that he could handle pretty well, uh, being the realistic type. You know? And when he came back from the Vietnam War, he had to kind of decide what, uh, what to do with his life. And he said, 
I didn't want to see death and destruction anymore. I didn't want to see people either. So, with that in mind, since he always liked photography, and I remember from the, the early age, uh, years of his life, he liked um, theater and movie. So, he enrolled in the Brooks Institute in Santa Barbara, where he stayed for two years. First year, studied photography and film, and then for the second years, he, uh, he chose motion picture as a main focus of his study. Then he said that he had a dream when he was working there, because I don't know if you remember or, or you know who Jacques Cousteau is. Jacques Cousteau was, uh, I would say, an oceanographer. Uh, he, he was also a filmographer. He, he had this, uh, this ship, the Calypso, and he was sailing everywhere in, in, in all the, uh, the seas and taking pictures and making documentaries about marine life. Uh, so uh, I remember even when myself when I was a little, I, I would really love the shows. But anyway, Tony liked that guy and he was hoping to be working with him because this uh, Jack Cousteau was often there in Santa Barbara where the school was and, and giving lectures and giving uh, you know, speeches, and, and, he, uh, and, and that was always fascinated. But unfortunately, that dream didn't come true because he was not able to find a job with Jacques Cousteau. Many times, unfortunately, in our life, it's like this. We don't, we don't always get the, to fulfill our dreams. But sometimes that dream can point us in the right direction in what we want to do. So, yes, Tony didn't end up working for uh, Jacques Cousteau, but his first job was more still something good. It was a, he received a position in Pittsburgh as a film editor for a TV station. So that was a, at least in, gen, in the general direction that he wanted to pursue. And he started there as a film editor, and then he became a video editor as the technology changed. And in fact, one thing that is saying during the, Tony was saying during the interview is that in his career, the technology has changed a lot. First it was film, then it became, uh, it became uh, tape, and then now it's digital. So he had to, every time, adapt and reinvent himself to learn something new, which is always like this, and especially in the, nowadays. We know that we, we cannot start a job and not learn anything and, 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 have the, and think that in three or four years we can still be doing the same thing without having learned anything new. That's not possible. That's go not going to happen. And the same was for Tony. He had to, every once in a while, to learn new things. But the principles of a composition, the principle of a filmmaking, are universal. He was saying so. The foundation was there. It was just a matter of adapting himself to new technologies and new things, which is basically what happened to all of us nowadays. Then I asked him a question before I finished this his interview. I asked him, "What are?" things that you would, uh, would um, su suggest to people that wanted to start right, right now to work in your field. And that's what he says. He said, if you are a new guy, you need to be contrite. You need to realize that you don't know anything, even if you do. You need to keep your mouth shut and your ears and eyes open. Why? He said, because every place has its own routines, has its own politics. You need to be observant. You have to be able to pick up uh, on which way the wind blows. 
even the politics. It makes sense. So basically saying that it's good to know, to know your job. That's, of course, the base is the, the minimum common denominator. You got to have knowledge of your job. But, but very importantly, you have to be able to understand how to navigate the cultural corp. Uh, the corporate culture, uh, which is, uh, has been confirmed over and over, even in, in most recent studies about emotional intelligence, that people that are emotionally intelligent, able to navigate situations in teams and uh, 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 groups with uh, skill, they are the ones that may raise to be- better positions. So that's really important. And he, he kind of, Tony, this guy, testified to that. So I would say that considering his stories, we have somebody that pursued a passion that he had since he was little, and he went for it, and, and he found himself doing a job that was congruent with his personality. We said that he, he liked adrenaline rush, And when you are doing live TV, there is definitely adrenaline rush. So he liked that. For me, it would be difficult. I don't, sometimes I don't like adrenaline rush. I, 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 I like when all things are kind of planned and, and, and I know in advance that everything is going to plan out. But so I wouldn't be congruent with that area. But he was. And also, I, technology sometimes is challenging for me. But for, for him, even though this guy is much older than I am, technology was easy to handle. So that was a, it's, it's another thing that proves that con, being, con, doing something that is congruent with your ability is really the secret to be, uh, for being uh, happy in your, in your uh, employment. So my encouragement here is to go after the passion, go after your skill, find out which one they are, And there are many ways to do it, and, and later on I may go into that a little more. But try to do that, and you will be much more happy in your, in your, in your work. And sometimes it may be something you have to carve yourself, even in the organization you're in. So it doesn't mean that you have to change organization. Sometimes we can kind of change the, the job to our own uh, abilities. And, and f- and figure out how to, how to shine with our strength and, and make the job ours. And sometimes that is the, maybe just a simple thing like that, as that, to, to make our work more, uh, more enjoyable, more engaging. All right, so this is what my interview with Iron Man. And the next time, I will talk to the Hulk. All right, thank you for listening. Catch you later.